When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Today, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I are ranking Browns players. We're picking the top 20 Browns players on the roster, as we always do fantasy draft style. Now, just a quick disclaimer here. We recorded this on Friday afternoon. It was before the Browns brought back Ronnie Harrison. Uh, and not that Harrison would have ended up in that top 20, but there's some references to Ronnie and uh, whether he would be back or not and what that three safety looks. Scott talks a little bit about that. This was recorded before Ronnie Harrison was re-signed uh, to that one-year deal. So just a small disclaimer there as you uh, as you listen to this. Uh, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, get subscribed. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Okay, enough for me. Here's our top 20 Browns. Here we go on our Orange and Brown Talk roundtable. We are drafting the top 20 Browns players. Uh, We'll go five rounds here for each. Uh, Scott, you have the number one pick. Ashley has the number two pick. Mary Kay picks third, and I pick fourth. Scott, before you go on the clock here, though, it appears you have something you want to say. Yeah, I, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. It's hard to rank football players, right? It's not like basketball or baseball or really most other sports. Like in basketball and baseball, there's common ground, right? There are different positions in basketball, but everybody's essentially doing the same thing. In baseball, pitchers are a little different. But again, everybody is, there's a lot of common ground there. You're batting, you're playing defense. Like in football, you don't have that. Like there is, there's no common ground with these players uh, unless you're actually talking about people in the same position. Like who's a better football player, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Donald? Who knows? I mean, there's no common ground there. They don't do the same thing. They're both great at what they do, but you know, good luck trying to figure out who is the better quote unquote football player. So in my ranking, I tried to think about like how good the players are when they're held up against their peers at their position, whether it's, um, with the Browns or league wide, you know, how good are they at the job they do? And then that's kind of what I use to, to put my list together. And I'm really happy. I got the first pick because I think we might all have the same person at number one. This is probably the easiest one, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I put it together. And I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that I hate ranking football players. So I think too, what's interesting. And I want to, as we go along, I think we'll run into this is like best player, combined with positional value combined with the word important right like best and important aren't always the same and i think that's going to lead to some sort of weird discussions and and maybe some picks that are a little different for everyone but uh, right and potential as well i mean we're factoring that in uh so so yeah so no nasty comments people this ain't easy (laughs) uh so anyways number one i got miles garrett i think he is the He's the best at what he does compared to when you hold him up against other people at his position compared to how other Browns are at their position. Um, They do have a few other guys who are very, very good and very, I think, highly ranked just at their position league wide. But I would put Miles Garrett number one as the Browns best player right now. That's who I would have had at the top of my board. 
Um, I, I think I would have got Miles number one. Um, Ashley and Mary Kay, would you? Is, does Miles sound right here? I mean, is there a case for? Would you have had someone else on top of your board? I, I know who else. Maybe we can make a case for. Uh, you know what? I actually did have somebody else on the top of my board, but I'm not going to say who yet, and to, because I have pick number three, and I want to see how this goes. But um, I did not have Miles at the top of my board. Uh, I actually had him somewhere else in the in the top three. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, and I, I um, like Scott said at the outset, it is very, very difficult to rank apples to oranges here. It really is. And there's so many different ways that you can go about it. But uh, most of the time when I'm doing these rankings for these drafts, I'm doing it in the 60 seconds before we go on the air. <laughs> and sometimes I think it's actually better to not overthink it like that. Because if I had more time, I'd be scratching things out and moving things around. And, um, you know, when you don't have any time to do it, you just kind of go with your perception of, of the situation off the top of your head. And I don't know, it might actually work better like that. But anyway, so no, I didn't have a number one. Well, Ashley, you have the number two pick. So why don't you kind of make your pick and explain kind of where you had Miles and, and why you picked the yeah. person number two? So for me, I had Miles number two as the top defensive player. Um, and for me, like I looked at it as kind of, you mentioned, Dan, how we all maybe have different criteria. Like I was really weighing importance on this team very heavily. Obviously, I think Miles is a, is a leader. He has all that X factor sort of stuff as well. He, you know, as we talked about recently on podcasts, still has room to make a jump. But I'm going to take Joel Batonio here. Um, obviously, the highest paid guard you talk about in the NFL. You talk about follow the money, Dan, to use your phrase. I think everything starts with an offensive line uh, on this offense, and Joel Batonio is the most important piece of that. I believe he ended up being, I have the PFF rankings here, he was your highest rated offensive player last year. Um, and I do think, you know, he's a Pro Bowl contender for years to come, and we've talked about potentially on that Hall of Fame path one day. So I'm going to stick with Batonio at number two here. I feel like if this were the NFL draft, there would have been like, I don't know, whoa, Joel Batonio, nothing against Joel, obviously. <laughs> Joe Thomas called we the never draft a guard. We never draft a guard in the first No, half not first drafting, draft. but, you know, like I said, I think for yeah. me, when I was like looking at this grouping, I think there's a clear like top seven or eight. And I could make an argument for like just about anybody here. And I was dreading going number two for this reason. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Joel here. I like this pick for myself. I, I thought I was going to be able to grab. I'm just jealous. I thought I was going to be able to grab Joel. <laughs> number, number four. I had him second uh, on my list and there was like, I really thought about being first because again, I kind of held him up against others at his position. And obviously he's been really great, especially the last two years. Um, but yeah, I had Miles and then Batonio. I thought those were the two guys who really stood out who probably needed to be the first two. They're not even in the top three on Mary Kay's list. Is that what, <laughs> what we're going to find out here? I, I think we're going to have to talk about this as a group. So Mary Kay, I mean, look, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. So go ahead and make pick number three here. Okay, I'll make pick number three and then we can explain. I can explain what my thinking was uh, in that, you know, 22 seconds where I made my list. Um, but, but anyway, so at number three, I am taking Deshaun Watson, who I had number one on my list. If he had played last year, uh, I think he would be a four-time Pro Bowler instead of a three-time Pro Bowler. 
Um, I also factored in positional value. And there is no greater position on your football team than your quarterback. So I bumped him up higher than miles for that reason, because if you don't have the quarterback, you pretty much don't have anything. So you guys know by now I put an enormous premium on the quarterback position. And I think they finally got an elite quarterback. And I think he is going to be the most important player on the team, as well as the best player on the team. And I think he has, I think he's right up there in the top five, six, seven of quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I think you can stack him up against the best of the best. And I think he'll, he'll compete and fare well. So I had him as my number one and I am happy to be able to place him here at number three. And do you want to know where I had Joel or not? Yeah. 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 That might inform what I had next, but. Oh, and I had miles number two. I have miles number two, which I think makes total sense there. So your best player on offense, your best player on defense, but giving the quarterback uh, that added a little premium. Uh, and then Joel, I had number four, uh, because I think as highly of Joel as, as everybody else does, but I had somebody else in there and I won't go there yet. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. See, I took positional value out of the equation for me. So I have a feeling my list is going to look a lot different than Mary Kay's list. Yeah. I still had, I would have taken Deshaun number three. Like I had Betonio, Deshaun, Miles as, as the top three and kind of just going with my gut here on, on where to take. But I do think there is something, I had a feeling where Mary Kay was going, knowing the positional value on quarterback. And we talk about how, how important a quarterback is when you're talking about the potential to win a Super Bowl. I would have taken Watson one or two. Um, I would have either gone Garrett one or Watson one, and then I would have taken the other two. Um, I think I almost feel like Deshaun transcends positional value in this discussion because like with Baker last year, when we did this last year, I think we sort of had this discussion with Baker um, where it was like, we all kind of thought like we were all pretty optimistic about Baker, but none of us thought he was like a top five quarterback, you know, maybe top 10 if, if he continued what he did in the second half of last season. And so I think there was some discussion about, well, Baker's not like the fifth best football player on the team. It's just, he's the quarterback. But I think with Deshaun, this guy is legitimately, I mean, he can legitimately be a top five quarterback in the NFL. They, they paid him like someone they believe can be a top two or three quarterback in the NFL. And I think that goes beyond positional value. I think he's in that discussion even if you make everything even, I think he's in that discussion with Miles and whomever else. Like he's he's legitimately just a good football player, not just a good quarterback. Yeah, I had him four. Um, and if he had played last year, I probably would have moved him up to three. Um, but he was in my top four. I just again, I didn't. If we're just going by positional value, I think you know you're putting the quarterback at the top of just about every team's top twenty. So I didn't want to. I wanted to avoid that with my list. So I, again, I looked at like where he fit among those who play his position. And I think he's one of the four players who extremely high, but just he's at the bottom of that list for me right now. I think what's interesting too, is as we go along with the top of this group, you can make a case for every single one of these guys, you know, maybe not Deshaun right now, but I think maybe over the course of that five-year contract, 
you're going to be able to make a case that they belong in the discussion or they just are the best player at their position. And I think Deshaun, even if he never is like the best quarterback in the NFL, I think at his peak can be like third. You know, it just sort of depends how the rest of the, the league plays out. And when I looked at the top, you know, the top, you know, five or so at, at each position, I, I kind of think that Deshaun and Miles are sort of equal in terms of where they stack up at players at their position. Um, so I felt I didn't really hesitate to put Deshaun ahead of Miles. And also I'm hard on Miles and you guys know that too. I, I hold him to such an incredibly high standard that it's not even funny because when I see his physical skills and his physical prowess, I think there's more there. I really think that there's more production, uh, that, that miles can, can put forth. And still, you know, I think he has NFL defensive player of the year capabilities. And um, I think he needs to make more impact plays, more takeaways, more turnovers, more plays behind the line of scrimmage, more batted down balls. Uh, I think he needs to make more Aaron Donald like plays, even if he has to move around and grab a mismatch to do it. Uh, I, I think he needs to take over more games. So when he does that and we do this again next year or the year down the road, maybe I'll put him first, but right now I have Deshaun. That's sort of what I like doing these drafts too. Cause it's just so like if Mary Kay had the number one pick, we'd be sitting here saying Deshaun's the best player on this football team. Right. I mean, it's just, it kind of introduces like the wild card factor. Like instead Joel Batonio's two, Deshaun Watson ends up at three and at number four, because I will not allow us to forget about this person. Because it seems like every now and again, we forget about him and he's so good and he just kind of shows up and does his job. I'm going to go Nick Chubb here at number four. Um, I had another option that I think, you know, pretty chalky. I think a lot of people might expect here. I think Nick Chubb is the best runner in football. Is he the best running back like all around? You know, there's other guys that have that, that case. I think he's the best runner in the game. And I think last year with the injuries, uh, you know, and he only played 14 games. He still rushed for almost 1,300 yards, still scored eight touchdowns, uh, still showed that big play ability. Uh, we saw him stiff-arming guys at the end of the year, just like the old Nick Chubb, um, you know, got the extension. So I'm not going to let us forget about Nick Chubb. I'm not going to let this get to number seven and have somebody be like, oh, my God, we haven't taken Chubb yet. I'm taking him here at number I would four. not have let that happen. Well, this is just like the other day when we were going over who are the possible Pro Bowl selections. And at the very end, I'm like, did we say Nick yet? Like we I, it's a valid, it's a valid point, Dan. I, I like this pick here, but I'm also laughing because you know, you talk about him being the best runner. And I think back to that Patriots game when he didn't play, and you and I are sitting there and Dearness Johnson rips off that big run at the beginning, and we're like, Well, if that's Nick, it's probably a touchdown, but it's Dearness, so you're in the red zone. So I do think I do really like this picker and I'm glad we, we didn't pick him number seven. I am no, third. Ahead, so it was, it was miles, Petonio, Chubb Watson on my list. And if we were going by positional value, Chubb probably isn't that high. Right. Miles Garrett might not be number one. Um, but I think, again, I like, I think I'm thinking like you, Dan, that Chubb is like so high in terms of other running backs in the league. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense that he should be one of the, the top three, at least for me. Um, where did you have him ranked overall? Uh, I didn't really have a big board. Oh, you never big board. <laughs> so, kind of winging it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of winging it here. But I would have had Chubb. You know, if I really would have sat down and put a lot of thought into it, I would have, 
I probably would have had Chubb like 10th initially and been like, what am I doing? And moved him <laughs> up to like probably around this spot, fourth or fifth. Would anybody else have Chubb third as high as three on their list? No, I had him fifth. Um, and again, I think he belongs in definitely belongs in the top five. So I'm glad that you picked him here, Dan, because, you know, you just never know. Like you said, uh, he's so good. He's quiet. I think one of the reasons why we sometimes tend to forget about him a little bit is because, uh, you know, he's just a, a just a quiet man and he does not put himself out there all the time. And we're not always uh, thinking of him. He's not always front of mind because he's not always in the headlines. He just goes about his business. He does his job. He does it incredibly well. He is one of the best runners in the game. He's amazing. You don't really, again, appreciate him uh, sometimes until he's not in the game. And just seeing what he's able to do in the fourth quarter uh, has just been uh, absolutely amazing. And he's been so good for the Cleveland Browns and they need feel good stories like this. So good spot for Nick. I, I mean, sometimes I just pull up his pro football reference page and just gawk. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's never averaged less than five yards a carry in the NFL. In the last two years, he's at 5.6 and 5.5, like three straight years over a thousand yards uh, 36 touchdowns, no fewer than eight every year. I mean, the, the guy's just an absolute machine. And, uh, you know, you, you can tell because it was one of the, th- one of the priorities they had was getting him extended um, and, and making sure he was part of this team long-term. Okay. So we are up to pick five and that is Scott. Yeah. So the top four guys, I think should be the top four guys because of consistency. They've been good year in, year out. And now we're getting to a group that maybe have been really, really good, but haven't like sustained it as well. Um, but I think at the top of that crowd, I would put Denzel Ward. Um, I'll take him fifth here. He had another Pro Bowl season last year. We all think he's about to get paid. Um, made what we thought at the time maybe was the play of the year that was going to really turn things around and get the Browns to the playoffs with that 99 pick yard pick six against the Bengals. Um, it seemed like he really he really started to play uh, after that. He really started to play like the guy I think we had been waiting to see ever since his rookie year, really like just consistency wise. So now you got to like stack that you have to put another year on top of that to move into like that, that top three or four area on this, uh, on this kind of ranking. But for me, I think five is a good spot to put him. This feels like, the five, right? I mean, this feels kind of like the five guys that we had to have in this group in whatever order it had to be these five. Like I thought about taking Denzel four, but like I said, I wasn't going to let Nick Chubb slide. So um, <laughs> I, I feel like we've hit these five and, and you can sort of order them however you want. Yeah, I wanted, I was hoping Denzel would drop to my next pick. And of course that was for, uh, did not happen, but I think, you know, we talk so much about how having a number one corner, like a top corner is really has turned into a premium position in this league, given how offenses look now. So I do think Denzel proved himself as the top cornerback uh, on this team this past year. And I think this is a good pick. Mm -hmm. Definitely a good pick. Um, Yeah. As you mentioned, he'll, he'll get his extension this off season. That's exciting for the Browns. Another feel good story. uh, Something they can hang their head on. You look to the 2018 draft. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for the Browns that their number one overall pick in that draft is going to be gone. Uh, so I do think that their number four overall pick, uh, Denzel Ward, the fact that he will has a chance to finish his career here 
uh, the, you know, the hometown hero, hero kind of story is pretty cool. And um, he definitely belongs right here. So good pick. All right, Ashley, you are up now at number six. So while we were sitting here talking about Denzel, I'm seriously was considering like, do I take another offensive lineman with this pick? But I'm not going to for the sake of conversation. And because I think this is a premium position. So I'm going to take Amari Cooper here. And obviously we don't know what he looks like in this offense yet, but I do think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. I think he has the potential to totally change how this offense looks, especially with Deshaun Watson. And we've talked time and time again about how important it is to have a true number one receiver. I think Amari does brings that to the table. And like we said on the podcast earlier this week, like if he does well, he has the potential to have a Pro Bowl type of season. So I'm going to take Amari Cooper at number six. I was hoping that you would take the offensive lineman here. I really wanted to take Amari. <laughs> I, I had I had Amari number three on my big board. Okay. Wow. I mean, I just think he's phenomenal. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. I've been watching Amari clips. And if I were doing a draft and I had to, you know, I was out in the, on the sandlot and I had to pick players, I, I would have picked him third for sure. So I was really, really hoping to grab him. Uh, Ashley, uh, good pick here. I'm so bummed. I was like, oh, go with, <laughs> go with somebody else because it does get a little tough after this. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there is, you know, like top six, you know exactly who those top six are really. I think, you know, we did a good job of that. And now you start to get into that area where you could put anybody next amongst about five or six different players. You guys might agree with me on that. So, um, so jealous that you grabbed him here, um, but definitely a good pick and it's right where he belongs. Yeah. I had him six as well. We like my top six guys have been picked so far. So this has worked out pretty good for me, <laughs> but I, I think I, I didn't want to put him higher because I'm still curious to see what he looks like in this offense and what this offense looks like with him. Um, as I've said before, like volume has been such a big deal in his career. Like he's seen a ton of targets, caught a ton of passes. And I think the Browns offense is going to change. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the Raiders or the Cowboys suddenly, but I think Amari Cooper maybe has to become more efficient. And once we see that, then we'll know like his true value among the, the top players on this team. But I think he definitely belongs on the top six. Yeah, th this feels about right. He was going to go sort of in this range somewhere. Again, it just sort of depends, you know, how you had guys ordered and, and how you wanted to go. Um, you know, th this is sort of like the Nick Chubb thing, right? You, you got to get Amari Cooper in here somewhere. So we uh, we knock him out here. And Mary Kay, now you're up. And now this one, and I think, you know, there's a chance that every single one of us would have a different player here. And for whatever reason, I'm going with more of a gut feeling here. I, I keep getting pulled back to this name, and even though it doesn't really necessarily feel right, okay? It's just a whatever. It's just a culture pick for me, something. I don't know. Um, because there are other players that, that probably should go here, but I'm, this is my story, and I'm sticking with it. Does anybody have a guess who I'm going to put here? I, I do, I think, but I don't want to say it. I do, because I think it's the guy I have at seven. I think it's a guy who I thought I might be able to get next round and I'm going to be upset. <laughs> well, say you could go ahead and say it, Ashley. Is it okay. JOK? That's who I have. That's what I thought. No, 
I thought, oh. I thought long, I thought long and hard to put about putting JOK here. Is I really it, did. I thought great? long and hard about it, but I think I want to just see a little bit more. Anthony uh, Schwartz. <laughs> no. I know you're big one. on him. That, that is a good one. John Johnson, the third going with John Johnson, the third. I actually think he has pro bowl ability. Um, I, I, I think that it's such an important position and I think he's going to, once they figure out a little bit more what to do with him, which they started to do at the end of last year, I think the lights started to come on for him. And I think he's going to have a breakout year in 2022. I think that they finally realized, okay, this is what he is and this is who he is. I think Joe Woods uh, has a handle on it now. He was out of position for his whole first half of the season almost. And, um, and I think they're going to find more for him to do. I think he's going to come up with more takeaways. I think he's going to be more of a field general. And I just, I don't know, there's just something about the player that I just, I couldn't bring myself to put the four other players that I thought about picking here ahead of him. I do really like JJ three. Um, and obviously the green sticker guy, we can't, we can't have this podcast without having the green sticker conversation, of course. Um, but yeah, I did not expect you to put him this high. I really thought you were going to go JOK considering I know your feelings on JOK and how versatile he is, but I think too, when we've talked about JJ three, like his numbers with the Rams two years ago were better than this past year. So we think he still has room to grow. So if you're including obviously positional value and potential, I don't think, I think he's a top 10 pick. I had him 12th. um, So I do have a few guys ahead of him, Uh, but he's the guy, I think I kind of moved around a little bit. I wasn't sure like the second half of the season, there was a definite change in his play. Um, but there are a few guys ahead of him. I thought that were more consistent. And I think maybe a couple that have, well, at least one that I've already mentioned, who I think <laughs> has more potential uh, going forward. So um, yeah, but I had him 12th. I, I was curious where he was going to go. And I, I kind of had him on my list here as, as my pick was coming up as a guy I might consider taking in, in this spot. Um, and this sort of speaks, I think, to, to what Scott was saying earlier, right? Like safety is one of those positions that's, sort of difficult to judge sometimes like maybe a guy's really good but you're not hearing his name called all the time or he's not making a ton of plays but he's just doing his job really well um and I, I think john johnson I'm, I'm with you i think this is going to be a big uh, a big second year in cleveland for john johnson with a little stability kind of knowing what's around him grant delpit uh will, will kind of be in year two now uh of, of his career after missing that rookie season so um i, I think that I, I think this is this could potentially be a big year for John Johnson. So I, I don't have an issue with this pick. So at number eight, there's a few guys that I really like here, but I'm going to go with one. And I'm, I'm just genuinely curious what you guys are going to think of this. Again, this is another guy that I just don't want to forget about because he's really good. And you could argue he was the best in his position group last, uh, not last year, but the year before. And I'm going to take Jack Conklin at number eight. It was either Joel Batoni or Jack Conklin was this team's best offensive lineman in 2020. Um, 2021, a lot of injuries, obviously, uh, that really awful injury in Baltimore. You know, Mary Kay, I know that that you were told that he's supposed to be back and ready to go week one. We'll we'll start to get a better idea of where he's at coming up here in the next couple months when when we get a chance to, to get eyeballs on this football team and 
and kind of see what Jack is doing. But I think if he's on the field and he's healthy, he's either your best or your second best offensive lineman. And I think that group still as a whole, even with the, the change at center, is probably still your best unit, maybe your second best behind running back, whatever. They kind of go hand in hand. So I'm going to go Conklin here at number eight. I think this is a good spot. I mean, he is a uh, he's an all pro. There's not many players on this football team that are first team all pro. There's something to be said for that. Um, and I think that maybe we do have a tendency to forget about him a little bit because he had uh, such an injury marred season in 2021. But from a purely talent standpoint and positional value standpoint, if you care about that right now, uh, he's right up there and should be right up there uh, in the in the top, you know, whatever, 10, 11 players on the team. I had him at number 11 because I think there are so many good football players on this team right now. And I, and I think the, the injury factor kind of uh, was weighing heavily on my mind uh, when I was putting this list together. I, I thought, you know, that is going to be tough to come off that injury, not just that one, but some of the other ones as well. So I think I, I did factor that in, but this is definitely a good spot. Like I said, we are in that area where you could put anyone at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I think with Conklin, his absence also like kind of showed how important he was, like how badly they needed help at that tackle spot when he was out, especially, you know, the long stint after he had the season-ending injury against the Ravens. Um, so I don't, yeah, I had him a little slightly lower maybe, but um, I, I definitely think when you're talking about value to this team, like, he adds it, and he's, like Mary Kay said, he's your all-pro tackle. You need that. I had a 10th. Um, I mean, he had a career year in 2020. That was the best he'd ever played. And if he had played last year and come close to that, I think he would be a lot higher on my list. Um, I mean, really, the entire offensive line pretty much had career years in 2020, and Batonio and Treader are kind of the only guys who backed that up last season. So – well, 10th was probably a good place for him. Um, I just, again, not seeing him last year, not seeing what he would do after that kind of factored into a little bit for me. All right, let's move on to round three here. It's going to start getting a little weird. Scott, you're up. <laughs> wow. And by the way, I had JJ3 11th. I, I had the numbering wrong. It was going through that while Mary Kay was talking. But um, so I guess my number seven guy is still hanging out there. I'm going to go with JOK. Again, uh, I think potential factors into this a little bit. Um, there was a point last season when he was one of the highest graded linebackers in the league. Like he was first for a while and then second for a few weeks. Uh, he finished 11th. Um, he uh, is just, he obviously Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward are out there, but JOK, I think more than anybody on that defense is going to be a guy that it's built around because I'm pretty sure he's going to be someone who doesn't come off the field next season. Uh, he's going to be the guy out there and whether there's two or three linebackers, um, and be expected to do a lot of different things. So, you know, and we heard over and over how they were just kind of like giving him a little bit of time, didn't want to overload him. And so we only got a taste of JOK, but I think going forward, he's going to stand out as one of the best players on this defense. So he was my seventh pick. And what it was, was he going now? Uh, ninth? Is that where we're at? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. We're at ninth. So. And Scott, you had to take him here because he was going in the next two. Yeah, guarantee. Yeah. I'm very. He was going on my reaction. 
Dan saw my reaction when Scott said JOK. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a guy who's poised to take that second year jump when we talk about that. And keep in mind, he had injuries too and had like some freaky stuff happen in the preseason, like the weightlifting accident. He got COVID. Like he obviously had the ankle injury where he missed some time. So if he can stay healthy, I think that's going to be huge and go such a long way in terms of his production. Yeah. And when I was picking number seven, I, I kept thinking you should be putting JOK here. You should be putting JOK Mm -hmm. here. Uh, And I kept being pulled to put JJ three there for whatever reason. And I think it was just uh, thinking more in terms of just coming off of a rookie year and maybe just needing a little bit more seasoning, a little time, a little bit more time to prove himself, but I think he'll, he's going to have a breakout year too. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Once again, they figured out how to use him. He also missed a lot of time with, you know, some weird fluky injuries last year. Um, uh, as a group, I know our hearts and minds all go out to JOK right now. I think we should mention that, um, you know, we're, we're all thinking of him for uh, what he's gone through with losing his brother, who was only one year older than him. Um, but in, in terms of his season next year, yeah, I think he's going to have a dynamite season. I think he's going to be amazing. And again, I probably should have put him at number seven but that was my story and i'm sticking with it i don't know why we'll have to see how that turns out sometimes i have espn so you just never know i think we have him in the right spot actually i think if you kind of look at um let's see third yeah third defender off the board behind miles no i'm sorry fourth defender off the board behind miles denzel jj3 uh ninth overall there's maybe some guys you could, there's maybe one or two guys you could argue you'd put in front of him, but I, I don't think he drops much, much beyond this. I think we've got him in the right spot. I, I think we, I think we've got it right. If we do this again next year. That might be when he goes sixth or seventh or, or something like that. But I think he's in a good spot here. All right, Ashley, you're up. I am going to jump to the defensive side of the ball as well. And I'm going to take the other 2021 rookie here. And I'm going to go with Greg Newsom. I thought he had a great rookie year. Obviously, I've made my feelings known on the cornerback position. I think it's a premium. And the one thing especially that I find so interesting with him is you talk about the division and you talk about the Bengals and how well he played against Jamar Chase in we're eliminating the second game against the Bengals that obviously they rested Jamar Chase for most of the game and rested a lot of their starters in advance of the playoffs, but he really had a phenomenal game that was only midway through the season. I think like JOK, he's really going to be poised to take that second year jump just with by virtue of having more experience. And I really like him opposite of Denzel. So I'm going to take him at number 10. And Ashley, you can't see this. Probably you guys can't see this, but I put Greg steal Ashley. <laughs> I knew you were stealing him from me, just like you did. I'm Amari. so sorry. I'm so sorry. So I, I wrote it in big letters ahead of time. <laughs> Ashley, Greg steal. I knew you were doing this. To I me. see it. I see it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I absolutely knew it was going to happen. Uh, I really wanted to take him. Uh, next, I, I think the same of him, just tremendous potential. Uh, I thought he had a really, really good year. What I like about Greg is that the moment is just not too big for him. He mm-hmm. is ready to go out there and, uh, 
you know, and, and take on any receiver. And he's got tremendous confidence. And I love the fact that he has the closing speed. If he looks around and finds out that they are getting beat, like he can get there in a hurry. And I think that's just going to come in handy uh, throughout his career. I think he's going to add some interceptions next year. I think he's going to take his game up to the next level. I think he's going to be great for the city of Cleveland and for the team. I think he's got a wonderful attitude. And uh, I think this is a really nice pick here. And to that point, when I talked to him, I believe last month, it was either last or February, losing track of time here. Um, you know, I talked to him about his, his kind of love for the Cavs. And we also talked football a little bit. But to that point, you know, when I was asking him about Jamar Chase, he's like, those are the kind of matchups that get my blood going. And then even like talking about, his off season, you know, he mentions he's going to Arizona to work out and he's going off the grid. Like, I just love his intensity and his mindset this off season. Yeah, I had him 13th, which is probably too low. I really struggled with where to put him. I think he's one guy on the list here that you're probably factoring the most potential wise. Like he had a good year for a rookie. Um, I think there were other, like there are three guys who I have ranked ahead of him who have not been picked yet. Uh, but you could make the case that he should be ahead of those three guys. So again, like I said, it was, I think it was hard to, for me to factor in like where, what he did versus what he could be um, compared to how some of the other players played on this team last year. Yeah. Some of it too with Greg is like some of the other guys I would consider picking here maybe aren't on the field as much as Greg would be. Um, you know, I mean, in, in a perfect world, it's him, it's him on one side and Denzel on the other for a hundred percent of the defensive snaps or close to it. Um, a couple other guys I might consider here are maybe starters, but don't play that much. Or, you know, another guy who's kind of a part-time player, but plays a lot and is a big, makes a big impact. So I, I think that's, that's part of the equation here too. And yeah, this is, this is not a bad spot for Greg. So Mary Kay, you're up. All right. So this is not a flashy pick, but I think it's a necessary pick here. Um, I am going with that alligator carrying dude Wyatt Teller here yeah right I mean it's a necessary pick it's time it's time to get Wyatt in there he is he's definitely I think he is one of the top 11 12 players on the football team and so it was time to get him here even though I would have probably preferred a skill position um, but I didn't feel like there was one that was justified ahead of him uh, saying Wyatt Teller doesn't have skill <laughs> you gonna tell him that <laughs> um yeah he could he could carry me around his <laughs> neck <laughs> pretty easily i would think um but anyways so yeah um he belongs here there was not another skill player that i felt even though i thought about one or two I, I resisted the temptation to do that. So Wyatt, I mean, we all know what he does. Well, he is athletic. He is a skill player for a guard. Uh, and he's a, a major reason why Nick can do what Nick does. Perfect for this scheme. And, and here he is. And, and he got better this year too. Like he, like he improved. And, you know, last year it was pretty clear what his, his short fallings were shortcomings. Um, I, he, he was better this season. And by the way, I, I should mention that sort of, like I said, with Greg Newsom, Teller would be another starter that obviously would be on the field. I kind of forgot him. So obviously he wasn't on my, my big board at this spot, but three offensive linemen 
already. And I don't think we're necessarily wrong. So this, this offensive line is still in a good spot. So I had him eighth, uh, right after JOK. Uh, I, I had him two spots ahead of Conklin on mine. Cause again, I think while he also had a career year two years ago, he backed that up and it started off a little shaky last season, but he ended up grading out really well and he got better as a pass blocker. Um, obviously earned that huge contract. So, um, yeah, I probably, I'm assuming I had him higher than pretty much everybody else here, but definitely, definitely a top 10 guy for me. I had him above Conklin too, Scott. And obviously those Wyatt Teller pancake blocks that go viral <laughs> seemingly every week, you have to love it. Um, and just like, I mean, kind of going back to what I said about Joel, like look at how this team is built. You follow the money, like up until this point, they've been built to run and you really, really are so lucky to have both of those guys, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're going to be important this year because you're going to have a new center and they're going to be important to kind of, you know, help him out and sort of be there to, for his, for that center, whether it's Nick Harris or Ethan Pochich to kind of lean on and, um, you know, kind of work his way in. So um, the middle of that line with those two and then JC Treader, I, I don't know if people quite realize how good the Browns have had it over the last few years, having those three guys just sitting in the middle of the line. And then you throw Conklin in on the right side. Um, it's, it's a pretty incredible group. And an athletic group too. Those guys yes. are always pulling and running and getting out in front. And they're not just, just maulers who block straight ahead. All right. So here we go. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm back. If I, if I go the way I want to go with this, your guys hanging out there, I feel like I am just all the way back when it comes Mm -hmm. to these drafts. Listen, if we're talking just best football player, I, I think this is a good spot to take him. Obviously not a, not technically a starter, but I'm going to go ahead and take Kareem Hunt here. Mm -hmm. Um, The things he does for this offense are important. I think they really missed him at the end of the season. I, I do think if that Pittsburgh game would have mattered and he would have played, he would have helped the outcome of that game. Obviously he's not going to protect Baker Mayfield and make sure Baker gets rid of the ball on time. But I do think the presence of Kareem hunt adds something to this offense that you can't really duplicate. And so, like I said, if we're going best football player, he's got to be in this range somewhere. So I'm going to go with Kareem. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good spot for Kareem. Think about the fact that he is so good. He's a pro bowler. He led the NFL in rushing one year and we've got him all the way down at number 12, just because of (laughs) where he plays on this team. If he played for uh, many, many other NFL teams, uh, he would be their workhorse number one back and he would be higher on the list. But um, you know, he plays his role here very well. I think it should be a larger role. We'll see how that goes this year. Uh, but I definitely think that this is a, a nice spot for him. Yeah, I think early in the season, uh, he was like one of the leaders in EPA per attempt. He was killing people on screens, um, just does so many different things. Well, I had him ninth in between Teller and Conklin. Uh, yeah, he doesn't get uh, the snaps that Nick Chubb does, but um, I think we all know by now how important he is to Nick Chubb's effectiveness, the fact that they can go to him for for drives at a time and then you get to that fourth quarter and you got a couple of dudes who are really fresh and just ready to run over the opponent so um so yeah ninth item a little higher than this but uh definitely a top 10 guy for me yeah i was hoping he would fall to me dan so thank you very much for taking him here um now i'm gonna have to come up with a new pick but yeah you know i think 
like Mary Kay says, like it's, he's one of those players that almost always feels underutilized. So obviously when we've talked about him in the context of what this offense used to look like with Baker, like he was a safety valve. He was the leading receiver for a really long time this season. Um, even when he missed that extended period of time with that cap injury about midway through, but I'm curious to see what his role, like how it kind of evolves this year with Deshaun Watson and how this offense changes. But I do think this is still a really good spot for him. He's, he's like the guy that you you look at and you say, like, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not fair that he's on this team, that Deshaun Watson has this guy. Because, look, a lot of teams have number one backs. A lot of teams have number – like, every team has that, right? They have good – there's good offensive lines. But then you have, oh, now they just get to have Kareem Hunt. Now they just get to put Kareem Hunt on the field and put him wherever they want to put him. And Deshaun I, – I think – you know, we've talked about a guy that's probably going to go soon here, David Njoku, what Deshaun Watson could do for him. I think Kareem Hunt in this passing attack, when, when they go to him with Deshaun Watson, it's going to be really, really difficult for teams to figure out what they're going to do. And, and that's, I think, one of the things Kareem brings to this is like when 27 walks on the field, it, it leaves the defense saying, okay, what are we going to do with this guy? Because he's just that extra luxury item that like, it's just not fair. That, that the Browns get to just roll him out the way they, they roll him out. All right, let's take a break and then uh, let's try and finish this thing out. We got two rounds left and there's a lot of ways we could go here. So we'll finish out our last eight picks on the other side. Back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, finishing out here our final eight picks. Scott, you are up uh, to kick off the fourth round. So I'm thinking of the guy who was number 12 and maybe he's higher than most people had him, but I have Anthony Walker here. Um, a guy they they let go, then they brought back, and I think they brought him back because they realized that he's a player they really need. Um, I don't know if I don't think they've given any indication that they're ready for Jacob Phillips to become the middle linebacker. And Anthony Walker had a really good season. Um, he actually finished; he was like eighth in PFF grading among defenders, but a lot of those guys only played a few games. But the big part about his game is coverage he ranked fifth in coverage grade among linebackers last season which is huge because he's on the field a lot um just the the way the linebacker position has changed over the last handful of years as the league's gone to more of a passing uh passing offenses you got to be able to cover and he did that really well i think that was one thing we really weren't sure about him um it just that made a big difference so i think anthony walker's i mean he could go any number of places here at the bottom half but i had him at 12th on my list. So I'm taking him here. Just real curious, Mary Kay asked you, did you have, did either of you have Walker in your top 20? This is right around where I had him too. I had him in my top 20, but not this high. I had him a little bit later than this. Yeah. He was a little bit. Yeah. I was, I was, I, I would have had him on my list. I was wondering where, where we'd end up taking him. So, um, all right, Ashley, you're up. It's time to have the tight end talk because oh, I'm yeah. taking David Njoku here. Okay, here we go. Oh, Ashley no. <laughs> Steele. David I'm Njoku. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. Third, I wrote a huge third straight steal for Ashley. <laughs> you can see it. You, for, for the listeners, you can see it. It was big. Mary Kay did write it big <laughs> enough that I could see it over the Zoom despite the video quality. Um, obviously, we know what tight ends mean to this offense. David Njoku just gets the franchise tag put on him. Um, I do think, too, the thing that we talk about constantly with him that is still appealing to me about him is he is still so young. They drafted him so young. So I do think this is a little bit of a potential pick for me because, you know, I know the numbers aren't necessarily eye popping, um, but he did 
I will say it again, lead the team in touchdown receptions last year. So I do think he has the potential to get a career high because he would only have to get five to do that with Deshaun Watson, who historically uses his tight ends. So I'm taking David Njoku at 14. You know you should have left him for me, Ashley. You know you should have <laughs> left him for me. You know it, and you're just doing this to on purpose. Me. I'm, I'm so doing sorry. it on purpose. You're doing I'm this so on purpose. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, this this is obviously the right spot for uh, for David Njoku. I mean, he's going to have a much bigger role. He's a number one tight end now. Uh, I've been saying for a long time he's capable of eight touchdowns a year. I actually think there's a chance this year he might be able to achieve that because in order to get that, you have to get those targets. He will get those targets this year. He will have the ball thrown up to him in the red zone and in the end zone as much as he should. And he's just a big enough guy to go up and grab it. And I think his hands have gotten better. He still has the occasional inexplicable drop, but hopefully for him, now that he's getting the big bucks, uh, he'll work on that in the offseason. And he'll go out there and do exactly what he's expected to do. I think I think Ashley and, and me have the same, like our lists are similar. Cause this is the third time I think that you've hit yeah. right on one, right at the spot where I had him. I had Njoku 14th. I had him in a group of JJ3, Walker, Newsom, and him. Like this is my group. Kind of put I, together. I didn't have an exact big board, but I did have groupings. So I'm just kind of going by like, okay, who gets taken, you know, and just kind of looking at those specific groupings and my wildcard grouping is next. So we'll yeah. see, but yes, our, our boards look very similar. I think. I'm going before you in the next round. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you're trading, you're trading picks. Trading pick. <laughs> I get a pick to be named in a future draft later. So, so like a year from now, Najoku is either going to be like around higher or two rounds higher, or he's going to be like, is he even going to be in the top 20? I mean, this is kind yeah. of the year for Najoku. He's got the quarterback play. He's got the contract. Uh, obviously playing on the franchise tag, but he's, he's gotten paid at least. Um, maybe he'll have an extension by then. This is sort of the year for David Najoku to kind of say, all right, I've arrived. I'm, I'm the guy. This is, his, this is his opportunity. So I again, I feel like we have all these guys in about the right spot. So um, there, there we go. Uh, Mary Kay? Now you've got to pick up the pieces and, and figure out where to go. Here. <laughs> For the third straight round, I have had to scramble uh, and not take the guy I would have taken here. But anyways, I actually like the pick that I'm about to make. And truth be known, even though I would have gone Dave Njoku here, on my big board, I had a player ranked higher. And so actually, in being true to my board, this is really the pick I should, should have made anyways. So uh, this is a player that I think has tremendous upside, got off to a little bit of a rocky start in his career, but I think he's really good. And he showed flashes of excellent playmaking ability. I think he's going to have a very cool role next year. Uh, he's going to play more. He'll be on the field more than he was last year. And that is one, say it, Scott, you know who it is. Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit. Who I had 15th. You got me back because that's who I was hoping would fall to me in the next round. So you got me back. Yeah. I just, I, I like him as a player. I mean, there were times last year and look, it was his rookie year last year, right? Mm -hmm. It was his rookie year for all intents and purposes because he missed his first year. Uh, I just think that I, I could see where they were going with this when they drafted him in the second round. And if he can stay nice and healthy, he's got good things coming. I, I was just going to say, I'm excited to see what Delpit can do, you know, with an ex expanded role and, and 
you know, I thought they did it right. They sort of worked him in slowly last year and then just kind of increased his role as the year went along. All right. This is tough. I'm going to go. Is, is this, is this a weird one? I think I'm going to take Troy Hill. Yeah, it's hard oh, now. It's not weird. I had him right around here. Okay. I, just I had him exactly look. 16th, man. That's three for three, three yes. in a row. <laughs> you got some nosers. You're winning the noser game. Troy Hill was good last year. And, you know, a guy that they obviously valued to come in and, and play the slot. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, we, we keep going back to that Cincinnati game. That was like the, the coming out party for this defense. And Troy Hill was really good in that game. Um, the, the more we see the quarterback position just blossom in the AFC and, and these big passing attacks where teams have just stables of wide receivers to go with these quarterbacks, that that slot position is going to be so important. Uh, so, so I'm going to go with Troy Hill here. And I think he, you know, I think eventually what we might see, it'll be interesting to see Greg Newsom's development. We might see him be a little more flexible as far as playing inside and outside. Uh, but I think Troy Hill allows you to just have stability at that corner position, put those two guys on the outside, he'll man the inside. Um, so I'll take him here. And I think he was another guy who, when he was out with injury, they missed just because I don't, think anyone else on this team really replicates what he does on defense so I definitely think he's deserving of being in the top 20 yeah he didn't have the year that I think they wanted him to coverage wise but what he did really well was play against the run and also uh, he had some big moments uh, blitzing and as a slot guy that's huge you want that guy to be able to to tackle to be good against the run because he's so close uh, to the lineman um, when people are running outside they're running right at him so um, so that was good. Um, getting him to the to level he was the year before with the Rams, though, I think is the goal for 2022. Good, good player. Good, good spot here. It's easy to forget about him, um, but you shouldn't forget about him. He he was really, really good uh, in, in some of those games, game changing plays. And uh, he just does his job really well. If Doug were here, he'd be screaming that there's too many good players. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find out because we're on to round number four. Scott, you're up. Wow. I, I really sorry, wanted to have round, the this next is round pick. Five. Round five. I know. I know. Um, there's a guy I want to make sure gets picked, but I'm going to go with Jedrick Wills here. Um, you know, he, he struggled with injuries all year. I thought he had a good rookie year coming out of the gates. Um, I think he still is the left tackle of the future. Uh, it's just now he's kind of has to rebound from, from a rough year. And he even talked about how much of a struggle it was when he first was trying to play through the ankle issue. Um, you know, I think it's sad that the guy they, they picked so high in the draft uh, two years ago is is 17th on our list. But I think after this year, if, if he, he has the potential to be a lot higher if we do this again next year. The, the only thing, and, and I, I guess I'd have to figure out who else I would have, but I, I didn't know if I would take Jed Wills in the top 20. The only thing that concerns me is when we ask people about Jed Wills, you know, Wyatt Teller said it at the end of the season. You know, Mary Kay, when you and I talked to Joe Thomas yesterday, I thought he said something really interesting. The only thing that concerns me is it seems like the mental side of the game isn't quite there yet. And what I mean by that is like the, you, you've got to, you've got to battle through injuries. You know, Joe said, you know, it, offensive line is one of those positions where 99 times you can be great. And if that hundredth time you take mm-hmm. a bad step or you're out of position, that's what everybody remembers. And, and Mitch Jedrick kind of needs to learn that. That's the only thing that kind of gives me pause is when we heard 
criticisms of Jedrick Wills, it was that stuff. So mm-hmm. that, that can sometimes be easy for guys to get figured out. Sometimes that can be a hurdle that they can't clear. So, you know, this is a big, big year for Jedrick Wills. Yeah. You know what? I was, I thought the same thing when we talked to Joe yesterday. And if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to our interview, our podcast interview with Joe Thomas, go ahead and do it. Uh, he got into some really cool things and, uh, and thanks again, Joe, for joining us. You were amazing as always. So yes, I, I thought the same thing when he kind of brought up that uh, you got to bring it every single minute. I think these guys, these offensive linemen who hold each other accountable are just trying to light that little bit of a fire under Jed, aren't they? I mean, they you, you can see that they're doing that because they see the talent in him. They know that he's got what it takes and they just need him to have that dog in him. So let's see if he can do it. And, and they were all but like holding up signs for him playing hurt, just congratulatory signs last year for when he would go out and play hurt. Like every single guy that came to the podium was like, yeah, Jed's battling. Jed. You could just tell that they were really pushing and pushing for him to, to get out there and, and play. And it was <laughs> at that, that's kind of his last hurdle, I think. All right. So listen, I'm going to acknowledge it. Ashley and Mary Kay made a trade. Oh, we did. Oh. We did. We were really going to do it. I don't know if, okay. it's a, if, if there's a future draft pick involved next year. Maybe mm. Mary Kay gave up a pick next year, but okay, Mary, Mary Kay, Kay, you are on the clock. No, you know what? I wrote down my steal already. And so I, I, I'm going to let Ashley make the pick oh, no. because I have my steal. I don't, okay. I don't think it's going to be who you think maybe i'm well, curious then, if anyone else has this guy in the top 20 mary but kay I forgot to heard. mary kay forgot to fax in the paperwork on the trade <laughs> yeah. now, it think, might be it might be the other guy that i that i, that I was going to pick when i think you steal who you're going to steal so i have them both written down here okay. so i still feel good about this so i don't know if anyone else is going to have this guy in the top in the top 20 quite honestly and i do think if doug was here he would be screaming about small sample size and we might all know where i'm going i'm going to take dearness johnson here and I just think when you talk about this team, like I'll, I'll use Doug's argument, even though he's not here, when he made that comment about, we know who Nick Mullins is, like how many other teams do we know the third string quarterback? How many other teams do have a third string running back like him? I think the depth he provides is invaluable, especially as we've seen Kareem and Nick kind of battle these injuries. So I just, I think he's worthy of the discussion in the top 20 here and I'm going to take him. That's good. That was not who my steal was. I'm not going to tell you who my steal, who I thought you're going to steal from me until I make my pick. And now I'm going between two different guys and I'll tell you who those, well, no, I I might not be able to do that because Dan still has to make a pick after that. So I'll just make my guy, but um, yeah, you can make a case right here and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him uh, next year. He's got a lot of value, a lot of talent, a lot of ability. And my streak of hitting on picks is now over. I did not have Dernis Johnson in my top 20. I thought about him. Uh, I do think uh, sample size might have had something to do with it. Um, but the elusiveness rating, Scott, you're the one. Who I know it is very high and I, I'm not, I'm not disregarding that at all. Uh, you know, uh, but no, I did not. There were some other guys. There was one guy in particular that I had 18th who I don't, I bet no one else is going to rank him that I want to give an honorable mention if he is not, if he is not ranked by anybody else here in the last couple of picks. Um, but no, I didn't have Dernis Johnson. I, I was between somebody else too at this spot. So I am curious when Mary Kay makes her pick, if that was my other person. Who doesn't love Dearness Johnson? I, Great story. I think he is a good player. And, you know, I don't know what he is if he's, if he's the lead back 
for you know every single week, but I think he's a good football player. Mary Kay, you're up. All right. So so you didn't get it stolen. So here you go. I didn't get it stolen, but now I have two guys here that I've been going back and forth between. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who the other one is until Dan, you make your pick because <laughs> I, might, that, that I would, might need to know. I would influ I would unduly influence you, and I don't want to do that. But I am going to go with a guy that that you guys apparently have completely forgotten about. And I have not forgotten about him. And I think he has a chance to be a really good player for the Cleveland Browns in 2022. And Scott's going to figure out exactly who I'm talking about. He's shaking his head. You guys can't see this, but he knows Scott knows he's reading my mind. So go ahead, Scott. Who am I thinking of? Donovan people's Jones. Nope. No, no, <laughs> no, Anthony Schwartz. I thought you were going to nail it. And it's not Anthony either. It is Jakeem Grant. Oh, that's Jakeem, not who I was going to take. Jakeem Grant. Okay. Is small. And I like small people, um, <laughs> but he, he's also a 2021 pro bowler. You know, we're talking about the return specialist slash receiver that the Browns signed uh he is he was a 2021 pro bowler and he was a second team all pro in 2020 this guy's got some potential to make some noise and to put this return game on the map for the cleveland browns and i think we're going to hear his name and i think he's going to make a huge difference in their return game and i think he belongs in the top 20 this team has been trying to figure out this position for, I mean, one of the first things they did was they, they brought in Jojo Natson. That obviously didn't work out. Now they go out and they signed Jakeem Grant. I mean, they're putting resources towards figuring this thing out. They're not just saying, ah, we're going to have this guy who's already on the roster handle it. So yeah. I mean, I, mean, I he wasn't on my list mostly because I kind of forgot about him, but yeah, he probably belongs in, in this top 20. I, I can't really argue with you. Yeah, I'll admit I did forget about him. So, Mary Kay, you, you had our numbers on that one. I, I did not have him on my list, but this is a good pick. Yeah, he was he was the leftovers. I had three guys listed who did not make the 2020. He was or the top 20. He's one of them uh, that I considered here at the bottom because he is uh, exceptional returns, but um, he just missed out. But but I, I I'm all for sneaking him on. That's that's fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Last pick here. <laughs> I'm struggling with the direction to go here. There's, I guess there's two guys on my list that, that I'm really thinking about. Scott actually mentioned one not that long ago. I, I'm looking at the, the positions we've taken, and we've only taken one person at this position. And so I'm going to take another new addition here. And I'm going to say Chase Winovich, which would be the second edge rusher that we've taken. And I, I don't know if he belongs on this list just yet. He's really only had kind of one, like, really great year in his, in his career so far. But right now, Jadavian Clowney is not on this roster. Chase Winovich is your second best edge rusher, I think, on this roster, unless I'm just blatantly forgetting about someone. I, even if you draft a guy, I don't know that he's going to just right away be ahead of, of Winovich. So 
I'm I'm gonna put him here. I, I I'll I'll add him to our top twenty list. This, Donovan Peoples Jones was the other one I was thinking about. Yeah, today. this was the other guy I was thinking of at eighteen for basically the reason you said. Like if, if you're talking about a second edge rusher without Clowney, he's the guy right now. So obviously not the best year last year, but I don't hate this pick. When you get down to this point, you gotta you're looking for guys who have done something substantial, right? That you can kind of build off, or at least you hope they get back to. And Winovich, I think, falls into that into that group. The Browns obviously are hoping he reverts to 2020 form. Um, but I mean, I that's I had him at 20th, so mm-hmm. I, I hit another one. Um, so <laughs> nobody took my guy at 18, but uh, but I'm good with Winovich at 20. I think that makes sense. And I mean, DPJ I had at 19, but I really I really thought about leaving him off. I mean, he's everything he does is like just in your face and like it's talk about small sample sizes. It's like he does something, but it's always great. Uh, he's got like 40, 48 career catches. And we remember like half of them because <laughs> they were so such big moments and everything. But I think that's a guy who you just, you need to see him make a leap that he hasn't made yet. Um, but I still had him near the bottom here. Yeah. He was my Ashley DPJ was my Ashley Steele. That would have made <laughs> I know we would think knowing my feelings on DPJ, I did also consider him in that yes. 18th spot, but went with Furnist instead. Yeah, 100%. I thought you were going DPJ here because obviously you covered him in college and uh, and you have that, you know, kind of history with him. So I thought uh, you faked me out there. I thought I'm you were so going sorry. with him there. And I actually do think that that DPJ has an has the potential to have a much better season this year with Deshaun throwing the ball to him. I think anybody who's a pass catcher is going to have a better season just by virtue of Deshaun being the quarterback. Uh, but a case can be made here uh, for, for Chase because just like they did with Tack McKinley, they take a guy who needs a new set of eyes on him. They dust him off. They get him going forward. They take a lot off of his plate. They let him rush the passer, and I think he'll be productive. So absolutely, there were there was only one other guy. There were I had Chase, DPJ, or Greedy Williams that that I thought could have gone here, and I think you can make a case for any of them. Okay, so I, I have one question I do want to ask you guys, but I do want to. I think one of the kind of benefits of this exercise is we got to kind of look at positions that we took. So one quarterback, obviously, three running backs. Jakeem Grant is a wide receiver. I listed him as a kick returner. So I'm, I'm just going to say like one wide receiver, uh, a tight end, one tight end, four O-linemen, two edge rushers, two linebackers, three corners, two safeties. And I, I think kind of looking at the players we took, it just sort of reinforces the needs still on this team, right? Like I think they still need to find another receiver. They still need to find another edge rusher um, that – they need to add something to that roster at those two positions. But the other question I wanted to ask you guys is where's Clowney on this list? If he had re-signed, is he, so I went Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward. Is he in that Amari Cooper, John Johnson, Jack Conklin mm-hmm. range? Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Yeah. I think he's probably like second, second, group. second round or early second third round. round. Yeah. I would have taken him, him at like number the, seven. Okay. I would have put him in like the somewhere between, 10 and 10 and 14 somewhere in that range okay i think yeah that, that's that's probably about right okay well there we go hold, Our, up, hold uh, on there's, there's one dude there's one dude we, we missed and I, and I have to make a case for him because he was 18th on my 
I know it's not Charlie Hewlett, but Sione Takitaki was 18th on my list. Um, two years ago, he played 40% of the snaps. He was the highest graded linebacker for the Browns. I think he was third against the run among all linebackers in the NFL. Last season, he was 10th in coverage grade. His snaps dropped down to like 20% because JOK arrived and they didn't have to do so much of the rotational stuff. But I think it's important to note how well he did against the pass because of all the people on defense that an offense is looking to take advantage of, it's the position he plays. And when he's on the field, it's the traditional, we think you're going to run, you know, plays. But again, he, he did so well last season um, and really the last two seasons that I thought he should probably be in the top 20. Um, I don't know what his snaps are going to be like this year. Uh, I do think it's kind of interesting how Mac Wilson and his careers have just kind of like Mac Wilson started off way you know high up here, getting all these snaps and all these opportunities. And then it just, they just passed, you know, and now Taki Taki has found his niche on this team and he's done really well at it. He's the only guy, really the only option they have at that position. He's it. When they go three linebackers, um, he's out there and we, whether it's uh, first team reps in training camp or, or throughout the season, he's that guy. So I think, He's found a place. I don't know what his future holds, but uh, I thought he should be in the top 20 somewhere near the bottom. I thought maybe we were going to get a case for Johnny Stanton there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Our top 20 Browns players. I honestly think we did a good job. I think we, we put everybody on the list that needed to be on there. I think they're in about the right spot, uh, but I'm sure people will figure out a way to yell at us still. And if you want to yell at us, might as well do it through a, a football insider subscription. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get the info and get signed up. And make sure you're subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk feed. Again, if you want to yell at us, just do it with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's fine. Well, we can deal with that. Uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, just search Orange and Brown Talk. So for Mary Kay Scott and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah.